You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S? You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the George Hill injury update that we got yesterday. We're going to do the trade possibilities as we inch closer to the All-Star break. The schedule talk, update on the blue, and your Twitter questions. But let's start with the George Hill injury update. So as I predicted yesterday with the off day, we did get post-practice media availability with Mark Degnott, and he did update us on George Hill, and he told us that George Hill is still in a hand cast uh, and that he's out for a week possibly two let's lean towards two just to be safe. So we can be out for two weeks from yesterday would put us at the 15th. It's unclear if that means he's out two weeks and then he's ready to play or he's out two weeks and then he's ready to be reevaluated. So the 15th, let's just act like he can play on the 15th. So if he can play on the 15th, the trade deadline between the 15th and 25th, there's five games between those two dates. Again, the 25th is a trade deadline. The 15th is whenever he'll be reevaluated if it's two weeks. There's five games. So if he's out to the 15th and then he's reevaluated and then he's out for a couple more days, you're only looking at a couple games before the trade deadline. I think that it's very possible we don't see George Hill play again in Oklahoma City. Again, it's not going to for sure be the case. It's it's not, and no, nothing's it's, you know certain, but... It's very possible we don't see George Hill play again in Oklahoma City because of this injury. So I think that, you know, you do need to remember how great of a person he's been for these teammate, for his teammates. I mean, Tim Maldon has praised George Hill, saying that he's been really great and that, you know, you, you kind of, as a player, you, you look at George Hill and you want to do everything that he tells you to do because he's been there, he's done that, he's a veteran. And George Hill, even to this day, is on the sidelines of these games and he's getting excited for his guys. He's hyping up his guys. He's, you know, teaching them. You see him on the Fox Sports Oklahoma broadcast pulling guys to the side, you know, t- talking in their ear about whatever just happened on that last possession. He's been hands-on, which is more than what most veterans do whenever they get to a stop like Oklahoma City where they understand and everyone kind of knows this is just a stepping stone. I mean, it's the same thing with Chris Paul last year. Same thing with Gallinari last year. Both those veterans knew, okay, we're going to be here for a year. Let's make the most of it. And they took that opportunity to make the most of it, and, and they grew those friendships that you saw you saw on Friday whenever everyone that played here last year ran up to Gallinari and was just mobbing them with hugs and, and, and handshakes and greetings and things like that. They, that team formed a huge bond that they don't get to form unless veterans you know, kind of check their, not necessarily ego, but, but kind of... You know, put that stuff beside them and understand, okay, I know that this is not my forever home, but I can still go out there and give 110%. And that's what Al Hover's done. That's what George Hill's done yet again this year. It's something about this organization that 
you never really see veterans come in here and act like they're too big for, you know, too big for this moment or, or too cool for school, you know, or, or just waiting up out their next stop. Look, I, I think that if we had true serum, George Hill wants to be traded. I think that he wants to go to contender. That's, that's perfectly fine. He should want to go win a ring. And I think that if, if he was being honest, he'd say that, but he's at least going to put on the show and do the song and dance where he's going to be a good teammate. He's going to be a good person for his teammates. That's all you can really ask for him. And he's played well on the floor. He's kind of just been George Hill. That's why I said preseason that, you know, his, his trade value will never go up or down because he's a known commodity and you know all the great things he can do. So you're going to give up a couple seconds and, and get George Hill back. Uh, so we'll talk about kind of where he can land and, and what the Thunder are going to do at the deadline coming up. But I did want to praise George Hill for, again, being yet another veteran who rolls through Oklahoma City and puts all that stuff aside and, and is a great teammate. And you cannot say anything about George Hill, the teammate, because he's been really great. Uh, so I want to talk briefly about the NBA scheduling. Is it working? I mean, they're playing back-to-back. So they're, they're playing every other day, it feels like. And I think that this is twofold, right? Because playing every other day is incredible for the fans. I mean, this break feels like an eternity. This would just be another walk in the park if we're still in the elongated 82-game schedule. And, you know, if, if we were still doing everything normally and start in October and run through the normal season, this would kind of just be routine to have a you know, three days off here, two days off there. But in this season, it feels like an eternity because we're just so used to playing boom, 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 boom. I mean, they played like, what, nine games in 12 days? That's insane. And so I think it's twofold. For the fans, that's awesome. You get to sit down almost every single night and watch your favorite team play basketball. And especially when it's this team. This team is so fun to watch and, and so energetic. But for the players, is it working? Tim Maldon talked about yesterday that he feels like this break was great for them. It's something that they needed. They need these two, two days off uh, to allow them to get ready to play this next back-to-back and play out the first half mentally and physically. He talked about how you know, this was a really great mental reset for them. And, and, of course, physical as well. I think that the schedule is working for fans. I don't think it's working for players. I think that it's really taxing on the players. And so I wonder where the balance is or how the NBA can capitalize on this and try to make it permanent without going overboard and hurting the players. Because again, selfishly, I love whenever they play every other day, but I can see where the players would not like that one bit. I mean, nine games in 12 days is, is a grueling stretch. I'd be fascinated to find ways to where you can keep this up and keep the pace of the season because the pace of the season has been really fun, but I just don't see how you can do that. I don't see how you can keep that up long-term with the players. I mean, also just think about how we're talking about this in a basketball sense, like in a normal year, no COVID, no nothing. This would be too much basketball to be played anyway, right? This would be an anomaly to to have this pace of, of just playing the actual games. Throw on top of that, the fact that they're battling the pandemic and they've got all these restrictions and, protocols and worrying about everything off the floor that they can, can't go out. They can't see their family. They're kind of just isolated. I think that tail Maldon brings up a great point about the mental side of it and that these players might be physically exhausted, but the mental part is a huge deal. I think that we kind of get lost in that as we talk about, you know, guys performances and we talk about how the season's gone for certain guys and we kind of get lost in the, in the mental side. So I do want to give, that quote some attention that, that Tim Aldon multiple times stressed the importance of this mental break. 
Because I think that every player theoretically could handle going out and playing basketball every day. I mean, they do that anyway. I On off days, rarely will they just be sitting at home doing nothing. They're going to be playing basketball in some form or capacity. Now, would it be ideal to play basketball every single day at a high competitive level in the NBA? No, it would not be. But they could they could kind of handle it for a stretch, at least for a nine-game, nine 12-day stretch. They can handle that part of it. It's all that leads up to that mentally, both in preparation for the game and in preparation for the protocols. I think that, that you know, do not overlook because things have gone really smoothly here these last few weeks up until really Toronto. We hadn't had a lot of a lot of cancellations. I mean, Toronto's going to have some cancellations here now in the first half because of their contact tracing. But, but before that, the NBA had done a great job uh, of controlling the coronavirus. And, and so don't lose sight of all the obstacles in these players' way this season. And again, on top of a schedule that we wouldn't deem fit for for the NBA if it was a normal 82-game season and there was no no you know, a pandemic. So I, I think that the schedule is working for fans. I don't think it's working for players. And I think that we're going to see this schedule go back. And that's why they're so desperate to get back on the October scheduling. That's why you saw them rush and why you saw them start in, in, in December because they want to get back to October and they want to be able to spread these games out as they typically would. So I think that the schedule working is twofold. If you have any ideas on how to up the pace of the season in a normal year, I'd love to hear them because I'm very fascinated by the pace of play with the NBA scheduling and just the what all goes into making a schedule work. And maybe you can argue the opposite and say, look, we haven't had Thunder basketball in, since Friday. We won't get it again until Wednesday. This time off has really rejuvenated or got me re-excited about watching the team because it's not a guarantee I get to watch them the next night. I have to wait this whole time. I've only been thinking about the Thunder, and I cannot wait for them to ramp up. You know, taking away, giving, it's it's an interesting aspect of all of this. What should the NBA, what's the right route for the NBA to capitalize on the most attention from fans? Uh, it, it could go both ways, but I do want to tell you about our good friends over at Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who just likes to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld recursive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature recursive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen is designed to make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggestions, and it guides your rotations. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sport teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, old friend, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Once again, go to theragun.com slash locked on. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has an amazing selection, serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, I was three years old, and you could have been buying auto parts online all this time at rockauto.com. 
when you get there, the best thing about rockout.com is their amazing website. And I say that as somebody who knows absolutely nothing about cars, but I don't have to know anything about cars. If I want my brake modules, my windshield wipers, whatever I want, whatever I need, I don't have to know anything about my car or any car. All I have to do is go to their website and put my make, my model, my year into their database, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting money on parts I don't need, parts I cannot use. I'm only getting the good stuff from the good place, rockauto.com. Whenever you go there to rockauto.com, tell them that Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about us box, and they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com has an amazing selection. It has reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Once again, tell them that Lockdown sent you. And the how did you hear about us box? And they'll know how to take care of you from there. RockAuto.com, amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our good friends over at the Lockdown Today podcast. Lockdown Today podcast with the players Fleeting from the Houston Texans, what NFL team will be the worst to play in 2021? Get more of the sport news you need in less time with the new Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including the radio.com app. I want to talk quickly about the trade possibilities for Oklahoma City, and and we're going to do some things around this during the All-Star break, but I think it's important to know first, what do the Thunder have to give up? Well, they can trade Trevor Ariza, George Hill, Al Horford, Mike Muscala. These are all guys who could be dealt. Now, will they for sure be dealt? In the case of Muscala and Horford, it's still up in the air. I think that Ariza's gone, and I also think that the market will be so great for George Hill that they have to trade him just like they traded Gallinari last year, but they the Heat could not find that extension with him, so the trade fell through. I think that those are the pieces Oklahoma City can give up. Muscala can really help a contender. Horford and Hill can really help contenders, and Ariza can do whatever Ariza wants to do. And then once we know what the Thunder have to offer, you have to know their competition. What I mean by that is, who else is selling? Who else is willing to give up pieces and and wants to just outright sell at the deadline? Oklahoma City, for sure, is comfortable and willing and wants to trade George Hill, try to trade out Horford, begin the contract, makes it so to where it's kind of Interesting to see how they can finagle a trade without Horford in season. You just don't typically see that huge money like that get dealt in season. That's more of an off-season type move. So you have Oklahoma City. I think Houston is ready to sell. I mean, Oladipo did not sign that contract extension, which is the largest Houston could offer him at the moment. That's kind of leer, you know, eerie to me. I think that Houston would be in the camp of selling. I think that Sacramento will be in the camp of selling with Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald, and they have some other pieces there that they can get rid of. I think that, you know, Cleveland possibly would sell. I'm not sure. You know, they're on a four-game winning streak right now. They're kind of in the hunt there with with uh, Washington and with Atlanta and with you know, Chicago to t- kind of in that play-in spot. I'm not sure if they'd really sell. So we're at three for sure teams that will for sure sell. And that's really it. I mean, what does Detroit have to sell? What does Minnesota have to sell? Not a whole lot. So, I mean, even though they're really bad, you can't really count them. And what are they going to give up? Detroit's already – they're already – Already traded uh, D Rose. Orlando, what do they have to sell? I don't know if they'd really want to sell anyway. So you have four, you know, you have three for sure teams that are going to sell. That that increases, and what's important is that increases the bidding wars. There's only so many options out there. 
For example, the, the 76ers can talk about how, oh, we want to go trade for Kyle Lowry. Why on earth would the Toronto Raptors trade Kyle Lowry to the, six, to the Sixers? I think that, honestly, I think that if the playoffs started today and that was one of the matchups, Toronto would have a, a really good chance, a fight, at least a fighter's chance to beat Philadelphia. They would just give away Kyle Lowry? I don't think that that's how it would go. I mean, maybe unless Kyle Lowry just outright demands a trade and they want to do right by one of their you know, franchise pillars, maybe. But other than that, like, why would that happen? So, I mean, like, like then your options are dwindled down to you know, George Hill and nobody else. It, it kind of gets that kind of point in the market to where that can really inflate what Oklahoma City can get back for George Hill. I've said that George Hill's you know value preseason would be a couple second-round picks. If the Thunder could squeeze out a couple second-round picks for George Hill, I'd be incredibly happy. But... If George Hill's the only option for Philadelphia and for LA and for these championship teams, and you get a bidding war started, you can get more than two second round picks. We know that Sam Presti does a masterful job around the trade deadline. So that's why it's so important to realize that it's a great thing that only three or so teams are outright selling. With George Hill, as we transition now into kind of where these guys can go and what the trade might look like a little bit, which again, we're going to do a lot more of this throughout the all-star break and, and leading into the deadline. With George Hill, it's easier to find a partner because he can fit so many places. Like, really, what team would he not fit on is the question. He's that kind of player with his three-point ability, with his ability to be a backup point guard, with his veteran presence. What team would he not work on is the better question than what team would he would work on. Uh, the two that jump out off the page immediately is Philadelphia and the Clippers. The Clippers are in desperate need of a point guard. In my opinion, they, they desperately need a point guard. I'm not sure how Locked On Clippers would feel. Go listen to them over at Locked On Clippers. But I, just from the outside looking in, I see a huge glaring need at the point guard position, which George Hill can absolutely fill. Philadelphia, they really want Kyle Lowry. They, I mean, they really want you know a, a point guard presence for them. I don't think that Kyle Lowry is realistic. So from there, the best option would be George Hill. So that really helps them out a lot. I always think that Dallas is a good spot for George Hill. I have been saying that all year long. It's just kind of a feeling I get. Jalen, Jalen Brunson's come on a bit this year. I still think that, that George Hill can really help because, again, George Hill's not a, a locked-in point guard. He can play shooting guard as well, and that really helps his versatility in his trade market. The Athletics' um, Zach Harper, he put out that, you know, in, in one of his power rankings, he, he put out what fit would be the best for each team, and he put New Orleans would be a great fit for, for uh, George Hill. I think that New Orleans presents the most interesting team at the deadline because you can make the case for selling off you know, their veteran players or even Lonzo Ball. But you can also make the case for them hitting their stride right now and, and for them to make a push at the play-in and for them to buy some something minor. You know, again, a George Hill would still be minor, I think, to buy because I don't, th- I don't think that the price tag would be outrageous. I think that if it's more than a couple seconds, it won't be much more than a couple seconds to where you can still pull this off. Any team in the, in the league can still pull this off without harming their future. And I think that that does show the magnitude of a George Hill to where he can perfectly fit in on playing teams or bona fide playoff teams or championship contending teams. I honestly would not be shocked to see George Hill go to any team in the NBA that's even with an earshot of the playoffs. The only reason I'd be surprised is that I think that every team will be lined up. So I think that, you know, the Clippers, Philadelphia, all the way down to the play-in teams will be lined up to get George Hill. And so if he went to a, a play-in 
team. I think that the return would be so great that the Thunder just had to do it. If it's if all things are even, I do think the Thunder would prioritize getting him to Philadelphia or getting him to LA or getting him to that championship level team. But I, but but George Hill can fit anywhere now without Horford. There's just something about Boston. I'm just I keep circling back to Boston. He loves it there. His family loves it there. It seems like on social media they love him there. They have the TPE. I think that they're really the only team that can make this move happen in season is Boston. And maybe Danny Ainge is getting his feet held to the fire a little bit. Maybe he wants to go ahead and, and make a move in season for the first time since, what, 2017? I think that Al Horford would fit great there. Like, if, if you could just up and put Al Horford, the player, onto Boston and forget about his contract, just put the player there, he'd fit amazing there. And Boston would take another step in where they want to go. But again, the contract's a big deal. The contract is a very big deal. So with Al Horford, I'm not too sure what he can do on the trade market or, or, or during this trade period. With Trevor Reza and Mike Muscala, it'd be a second or a protected second for either of those two guys. Mike Muscala, uh, again, can be a, a nice shooter off the bench for any team. Uh, and then Trevor Reza will probably go to L.A. or something, the Lakers, before I protect the second-round pick down the road. And we call this a, a done deal here. That's my expectation level. For Trevor Reza is a protected second. And so if Sam Presti gets anything more than that, I will be incredibly happy about the return for a guy who never even reported to Oklahoma City. But coming up, I want to give an update on the Oklahoma City Blue and take some of your Twitter questions. But first, I want to tell you about good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place for you to place your bets. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. But online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. But online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds in the best ways to place your bets for free to sign up. Head on over to a website or use your mobile device. Sign up today for free. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sportbook experts. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code locked on. Get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportbook experts. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you about our friends over at the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. It's revamping with Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about the potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm going to give a quick Oklahoma City Blue update. They're 8-4. and four. Their next games are March 3rd against the Raptors, March 4th against the Bayhawks, and March uh, 6th against the Warriors. They currently are in 6th place of a 12-team playoff race. Everyone's favorite, Yort 7, is averaging 14 points and 9 rebounds per game. Moses Brown leads the league in rebounds. He has 16 points per game in the paint, which is second most in the league. 8.2 second chance points, the league high. And he leads all centers in points and rebounds per game. Poku leads all centers in blocks per game, which is pretty funny that, you know, he's kind of the, the center role for that stat. And then just as a quick aside to this, Rob Edwards is really fun to watch play basketball. I really like watching Rob Edwards play. I don't think he has much NBA potential, but at least as a G League player, he's incredibly fun to watch down there with the blue. So this team will wrap up their regular season on March 6th, and then the playoffs will be single elimination. And then when Oklahoma City is bounced from the playoffs, the players will return here. And then, you know, Josh Hall and Moses Brown will be back on their two-way contracts. Poku will be back, and the Thunder will be, you know, fully healthy from the G League assignee standpoint. They're going to all be rejoined with the Thunder for the second half of the season. The Blue have been very fun to watch. I think that 
Moses Brown has been better than people give him credit for. Uh, people have kind of made it out to where he's only being good because he's big. That's not really the case. If you actually watch the games, he is using more skill and fluidity with his game and his movement than just being bigger than everyone else. John Hollinger even tweeted about him saying that, you know, he can't believe Portland get away. I'm not going to go that far, but he does deserve more credit than just, oh, he, well, of course he's good. He's huge. He's bigger than everyone else. Like it's not exactly how it works. And, and, and Moses Brown has done more than just that. But I would encourage everyone to take the time to go watch the Oklahoma City Blue play this year uh, leading up to the playoffs. And then, of course, in the playoffs, their games are on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, and if you live in Oklahoma, you can download the Oklahoma City Thunder app on your phone or mobile device, whatever the case may be, and watch them that way on stream. And again, your next chance to watch them is going to be March 3rd, so tomorrow, against the Raptors. But speaking of the G League, we're going to have a very special podcast coming up tomorrow talking all about the Mavericks game, previewing the Mavericks game, and also talking about the NBA draft. So to, uh, tune in for that. We tease Twitter questions, but we're not going to have time to get to all of them. So I want to save them. And if you have more Twitter questions, just go ahead and add them to me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Throw them in my mentions, DMs, whatever the case may be. Give me your questions. We have some right here to get to for our next podcast. You can always ask questions over on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles or even on the email address, lothunderpod at gmail.com. So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on the Locked On Thunder podcast.